Thank you for listening to Voices of UMass Med, a podcast produced by the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Office of Communications. Welcome to the Voices of UMass Med. Welcome to the Voices of UMass Med, or in the case of today's guest, you might say the voice of UMass. It's a special treat for us to have the chance to talk with President Marty Meehan. He's president of the entire University of Massachusetts system, meaning that you and your team are really the umbrella over the five campuses. Um, so welcome to the medical school. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. It's a great place. Yeah, we're always happy to have you here. So um, I'd like to just start for our listeners by giving a brief biography. Um, you grew up in Lowell, graduated from UMass Lowell, earned master's and law degrees from Suffolk University, and of course served uh, many years as a United States congressman, 93 to 2007. And that is when you became the first alum to serve as chancellor of a UMass campus. Um, and then, of course, when you took the helm of UMass Lowell, and then since July 1st, 2015, you've served as president, as we said, of the system. So I'd like to go back to the beginning a little bit. <coughs> sure. Uh, and, and have you talk about your childhood, growing up in Lowell, and how those roots have influenced your career to this day? Well, I grew up uh, one of seven children uh, in, uh, in Lowell, a, a pretty, uh, uh, pretty modest section of Lowell, uh, lived in a house. Uh, I had four sisters and two brothers. My mother and father, we had one bathroom, which is uh, hard to believe struggle. today. <laughs> uh, but uh, I attended public schools in, um, in Lowell. Uh, it was, uh, Lowell was a, uh, a great place to grow up. Um, and, um, you know, I graduated from Lowell High School, for example. There were 4,000 students at Lowell High School. Wow, that's big. A diverse student body. Uh, and I really got uh, a, a pretty good understanding of people there. Um, then, as, uh, as you indicated, I, I attended UMass Lowell, uh, which gave me the opportunity to uh, study in my hometown. It was what I could afford or what we could afford. Uh, in those days, um, you know, the state provided much of the funding uh, for the Lowell campus, uh, about 88% of the budget. So uh, I was able to work on weekends and summers and pay for the the entire thing, is, which is one of the reasons why I feel so strongly that we need to provide more money for scholarships and, and make UMass education more accessible. Um, and uh, I worked in different positions. Um, you know, I did work for a member of Congress uh, for a couple of years. Um, I worked in executive positions as an assistant to the mayor in Lowell. I, um, I, I uh, once I got my law degree, ran the Massachusetts Securities uh, Division. Um, and uh, then was first assistant district attorney in Middlesex County. So um, in all of those positions, they were, had a public service aspect to them. Um, and uh, I ran for office for the first time in 1992 and, uh, and got elected to the Congress uh, and served 14 years. It was a great experience. Is there a moment you can recall, maybe from your childhood, when you first thought, hmm, politics, there's something to this? Um, I was always interested. Uh, when I was a kid, I would work in political campaigns. Uh, my father didn't have a college education, but he's really well read. Uh, he read at least uh, uh, at least a book a week. Uh, his bedroom was filled with uh, with books. He uh, worked in the composing room of the local newspaper, the Lowell Sun, and he was always interested in politics. Uh, uh, but he didn't really have much time. He worked two jobs uh, for much of my childhood, but he was interested in it. And he got, he got me interested in the newspaper business, and I read the newspaper 
uh, every day and um, got interested in politics. Uh, so I worked in a lot of campaigns. Um, uh, e even when I, when I was a student at Lowell, my last semester, I got a job as an administrative assistant to the mayor in Lowell and actually got some practicum experience uh, in course credit uh, for my graduation from Lowell. So I was always kind of interested in politics um, and uh, interested in education, too. I mean, education, my undergraduate degree was in education. Uh, really? And I uh, did my student teaching, for example, uh, at, at Lowell High School and uh, have always been pretty interested in uh, education because education really gave me and you know my sisters uh, you know opportunities that we had to move on. Did you ever think you would work as a teacher professionally? Um, I did think that I would. In fact, I was an adjunct instructor at uh, UMass Lowell after I got my master's degree. Um, so I, you know, I just ended up getting involved in politics and uh, did some as I say, part-time teaching, uh, taught migrant workers for a period of time, but uh, um, no, it wasn't until I, I got the job at UMass Lowell as a chancellor and I, I decided to teach a course on, uh, on the Congress, which I enjoyed a lot. Oh, really? Yes. Were students signing up? I'm sure they were eager to take that class. <coughs> they were, the and I enjoyed, uh, yeah. kept me in touch with what was yeah. going on on the campus. Uh, I loved it. I would bring a lot of my former colleagues uh, from Washington into the classroom, and uh, I enjoyed it a lot. It, in fact, I miss uh, I miss that that aspect. Well, that leads job. me to my next question because I've heard you remark since you've become the president of the UMass system that you do miss being on a campus every day. I just miss being around faculty and students. Uh, universities are about about faculty and students and the interaction that takes place, and the rest of us are sort of helping facilitate that to 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 do it uh, to, to help make it easier. Uh, but uh, but I, in my present job, it's um, you know I visit the campuses from time to time. Uh, I um, but I don't have my own faculty. I don't have my own students directly. Um, I, I deal with the, the state government uh, an awful lot. Uh, I set up goals and objectives for uh, the five campuses, working with the chancellors. I um, you know oversee the process of hiring uh, chancellors, but. Uh, but I would say, and then I also fight for uh, funding in Washington or, and facilitate, in many ways, using relationships that I have to help the five campuses uh, uh, have impact in terms of uh, the federal government as well. Uh, but um, so I would say it's, it's more of a political job um, than, uh, than probably running a campus, although campus politics can be pretty tough too. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, but it's a little different in, in this role. Mm -hmm. Well, all the campuses, of course, have similarities, um, but I wonder, you know, from your perspective, somebody who does come to the medical school often, but you're not here every day, what is the sense you get? What do you feel? What strikes you when you step onto this campus? Um, the medical school is, uh, the commitment to excellence here is extraordinary. Uh, the quality of uh, uh, the deans, the faculty, the quality of the students, um, the quality of the research, and to see what has happened uh, with this medical school, um, you know, national rankings in, in primary care. I mean, th the medical school is a place that uh, I wish more people understood how great a medical school it is. And when I usually, when people come to the, the realization how difficult it is to get in, or people know how difficult it is to get in, or the fact that uh, many people uh, 
get into a number of medical schools in Boston, but they, they can't get into UMass Medical School. It dawns on them that, wow, we have a, uh, a hidden gem. So I think sometimes because the medical school is in Worcester rather than in, in, in Boston, that it probably doesn't get as much attention as it deserves. Um, you know, I, I, I think that uh, the medical school adds incredible value to the other four campuses, the fact that uh, particularly over the last decade or so, the medical school collaborates uh, really well with the other campuses and, and gives the campuses a uh, certain credibility because of that interaction with the medical school. So uh, it's a great place. It's well run. Uh, people are committed to what they're doing and we have world-class people uh, at, at this medical school and, and I am continually stunned at the ability of this medical school to attract the best people in the world. Yeah, you mentioned uh, working together with some of the undergraduate campuses and that is something that we're doing more of and that's important to us. From a system level, what are some of the opportunities that you see where we could, you know, maybe do more of that? Well, I think uh, research is, is an area. Uh, research has uh, grown at uh, Amherst and Lowell and, and Boston and, and Dartmouth and I think that the, to the extent that there can be more collaboration in research uh, is important. I think, you know, having students that attend the other campuses uh, to have an opportunity to go, get into medical school and maybe uh, a little more mentoring for potential medical school students on the campuses I also think is a great thing. And I know that, um, you know, w when, when I come to a commencement at the medical school, what I'm really enthusiastic about is when you get somebody that graduates from the medical school who attended one of the other, UMass Boston or UMass uh, Dartmouth or, or, or Lowell or Amherst, it's just a great feeling if you think of somebody going through UMass and then going, coming to the medical school, it's a great thing. So I think to the extent that we can um, help mentor uh, students uh, who want to go to medical school and make sure they're taking what they ought to take and make sure they know what they need to get for grades, I, I, I think that's an area. Um, when I was the chancellor at Lowell, uh, we developed the um, Massachusetts Medical Device Development Center, which is a collaboration with the medical school, and it, it, and it worked perfectly. Uh, we had our, um, you know, our folks in our business school as well as uh, our folks in, folks in plastics engineering, and uh, we needed uh, clinicals. We needed, um, you know, to have a, a doctor to say what, you know, what kind of medical devices were needed and that's a great example I think of a collaboration with the medical school and and the uh, Lowell campus and Lowell never would be able to have that center without the medical school and I think that um, when faculty at the medical, medical school interact with faculty at our other campus it just makes the whole institution much stronger uh, collaboration is extremely important uh, higher education and research uh, in business development, in meeting the needs of society, meeting the needs of, and the challenges for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. So I think any collaboration like that is, is just a great thing for the system, for the Commonwealth, and ultimately uh, for the nation and the world. You're listening to Voices of UMass Med, featuring the people, ideas, and advances of the University of Massachusetts Medical School.
here at the Medical School, research, as you said very articulately, is uh, central to our mission. It's the reason that so many people wake up in the morning and come in. But from a university-wide perspective, it feels like you have put a great emphasis on research and becoming a, a major public research university. And I'm wondering uh, what the thought process is behind that. Well, when the five-campus UMass system was put together, uh, a guy by the name of David Saxon, who was the President Emeritus of the University of California, came in and, and the idea was, does Massachusetts need to have a world-class public research university? And resounding, and a resounding answer was yes, we do. I think that there's been a tendency in Massachusetts, because we have so many great uh, elite private universities, to have the perspective that uh, maybe we don't need a world-class public research university. I reject that notion totally, and if you look at what has happened at UMass, over $670 million worth of research, much of that research focusing on technologies that have a high likelihood of commercialization, creating new companies, creating jobs, uh, curing uh, disease and, and solving so many of society's needs, and that, that's what the land-grant university was based on. And so. Massachusetts needs to have a world-class, we're an innovation economy, we need to have a world-class public research university. So I believe that our research, and we're, we're just behind Harvard and MIT in Massachusetts with regard to research, but it, that, that research is, is an important part of the engine that drives the economy of the state and, uh, and solves society's problems. So I think it's important, it provides our students with the greater opportunities, it enables us to attract uh, higher quality faculty research faculty from all over the world, um, and, and it's one of the reasons why our global and national rankings are, are so high. Research is a critical, critically important part of that. And it's such an important part, as you mentioned, of the way students learn today, and that continues to change. And so I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how you see higher education changing over the next <coughs> five or ten years, or maybe even the next generation. I would say, first and foremost, um, demographic shifts are going to be extremely important, uh, particularly in the northeastern part of the country. Now, we, uh, we're in a situation in Massachusetts with a number of high school graduates graduating from Massachusetts, and in fact, New England high schools is going down, and it's going to continue to go down over the next decade, and that's going to be uh, put a challenge for higher education because in Massachusetts uh, is a state where students pay more in tuition and fees, that, that's more important in terms of revenue than what the state gives us. So the when I was at Lowell, for example, we grew our enrollment by uh, 50 percent in master's program, undergraduate programs, and that gave us the revenue we needed to really transform the campus. Well, looking into the future, um, UMass is going to have to be able to be competitive and keep enrollment. Uh, at consistent levels. Those universities that can't keep enrollment uh, up are not going to survive over the long haul. Now the elite universities will survive. Those with, that have the great endowments will survive. But uh, it's not an accident that uh, you have a situation like we faced in Massachusetts with Mount Ida College closing. Uh, we saw Boston University um, uh, take over Wheelock College. And I believe over the next five, ten years, uh, there is uh, there will be a dramatic mm -hmm. shift, and that many private colleges and universities are going to end up closing or consolidating. And um, 
A big issue, I think, in higher education is figuring out how we can be more efficient, how we can, um, you know, how we need to change. Uh, in this case, demographics is, it, it's clear. We, we know what the demographics tell us. We know what the population, lack of population growth in, in the northeastern part of the country means for colleges and universities. So I think we need to think about ways in the future that there's mergers or col uh, collaborations or uh, universities uh, find a way to, uh, uh, to merge other universities going to take over universities uh, and, and sometimes it'll be Mount Ida turned out, uh, you know, we got an opportunity for UMass Amherst to have internships and co-ops in, in, uh, in the greater Boston area and that's another area where uh, higher education is changing. There's all kinds of evidence and data to suggest that those students who get experiential learning opportunities where they can get an internship or co-op in their field uh, makes them more qualified for a job when they graduate, number one. Secondly, when they go back to the classroom, the work in the classroom means more to them because of the fact that they have gotten some practical experience in, in their field. So we need to expand what we do, in my opinion, in, in internships and co-ops. Uh, but I look at, if you would ask me what the number one challenge will be with uh, higher education uh, over the next 10 years, I think the, de the demographic shift and making sure that we keep our reputation uh, and, and our rankings high because in the long run, uh, students are going to increasingly decide to go to schools that are higher, higher rated, who have better reputations, and it's going to be increasingly difficult for those institutions that aren't elite institutions, uh, it's going to be difficult for them to survive. What about the students themselves who are coming to universities looking for that degree? Are you seeing more <coughs> non-traditional students or like maybe mid-career folks who are looking to learn new technologies or learn new skills? I think as the economy, uh, as the economy changes, uh, the jobs that, uh, that, that are available in the workforce are changing. Increasingly students come back uh, in some cases to get a, we developed when I was at Lowell Professional Science Masters that looked at what the workforce needs were and, and many people came back to work, to, uh, back to school to get a master's degree. I think one area that we need also need to focus on, uh, those people in Massachusetts and beyond who have some college ex credit but they haven't got an associate's degree or they maybe haven't gotten a bachelor's degree, I think that we need to do a better job of developing online programming that uh, that can be attractive to those uh, those folks who have some college credit but didn't get a degree, and I would like to see UMass play a more proactive uh, role there. I mean, uh, if you look at it, and uh, and sometimes academics don't like to look at a university as a as a business per se, but the reality is we have to have a business model that can support and sustain the university. If we want the university to go up in rankings, we need more tenure-track faculty members. We need to do more research, and that costs money. So uh, you have to find a way to put together a business model that works, and, and, and so it's going to be challenging, and we need to make sure that we do everything we, we can uh, to have the university continue to grow, continue to rise in its rankings. And I think um, being an attractive option for people is, is going to be really important. And when you meet with individual students or you come to the medical school and you see the groundbreaking research or, and the commitment of people who are here, it's, it's, you really feel good about what the University of Massachusetts means. Um, to the state, to the country, uh, and indeed the world, 
So I'm a big believer in the power of education to transform lives because it transformed my life. And to be part of an organization, a university like UMass, and in fact to lead it is a great honor. And it's something that um, I, I get fulfilled every single day in the job because there's something going on. I met with Chancellor Collins and, and you know, he, he updates me on everything that's going on at this medical school. And, and I left the meeting saying, people have no idea uh, of the caliber of the people at UMass Medical. It's just an unbelievable place. And um, so it, it's, it, it's a great job and it's a great institution to be part of. Um, I loved how you mentioned uh, coming to commencement at the medical school because I think that's one of the bright spots of our of our year, and especially how you mentioned see it's great to see UMass undergrads come to the medical school and then walk across that stage as a physician. So I wanted to ask you because earlier this fall, Dr. Chioma Aquara was sworn in by Governor Baker as the university's newest trustee. You were in that room, the governor's office at the State House. Uh, tell us about that moment and what it represented to you. Well, Chioma was a young woman who, who immigrated to the United States from Africa. Mm -hmm. And um, she attended, she, her family immigrated to Lowell. And so I always had a connection to her because of that. But uh, she went to Middlesex Community College. She then transferred to UMass Boston. And uh, as you say, she graduated from the medical school. What an unbelievable story of how great this country is, how great uh, uh, UMass is to transform lives. And now she's going to give back by serving on the board of uh, uh, trustees. So I think Chancellor Collins and I both, um, it was a proud moment. And uh, also, uh, you know, that the governor would pick somebody like her who epitomizes what UMass is all about and, and actually epitomize what this country, the foundation of what this country is based on, somebody that, uh, that comes to the United States and achieves so much. And, and she wants to go back to Lowell and, and uh, establish a general practice. Lowell is a place that needs to have primary care physicians. Uh, it, it's a community that is still a very important immigrant community. And, and she wants to give back. And I can see in her, she's going to commit the rest of her life life to, to, to making, uh, to giving back to people, and to keeping people healthy. Uh, you know, it's just, she's an amazing woman and she's going to add dramatically to the, uh, to the board of uh, trustees. So it was a proud moment and speaks volumes to what UMass and the medical school is really all about. Yeah. And we should just add that Dr. Aquara is uh, currently working as a resident physician at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston. And Which, we are so proud to call her an alum. And the other thing that was interesting about it was uh, the governor got to know her because she was a Baker scholar. So when the governor came for the commencement, the governor had met her. And it, it, she has such a compelling story. So I'm excited to have her on the board, but even more excited at the contribution she's going to uh, make to the field of medicine. President Meehan, thank you so much for your time. Thanks very much. Enjoy it. Thank you for listening to our conversation with UMass System President Marty Meehan. I'm Jennifer Berryman, Vice Chancellor for Communications at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Thank you for listening to Voices of UMass Med, a podcast produced by the Office of Communications at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Visit our website at umassmed.edu news where you can find all of our podcasts. 
and follow us on Facebook at UMass Med, on LinkedIn at University of Massachusetts Medical School, and on Twitter at UMass Medical. Mm -hmm.